Hey guys, it's Katie Baldwin. Hope everybody's doing well. Before I forget, I am going to upload the last... Uh, sorry about that. I am going to upload uh, the last podcast that I did a couple weeks ago, uh, nights ago. So I apologize that it hasn't been uploaded yet. That one. And I'm going to delete that one because that's for a job that I'm starting and I'll talk about that later. Um, so I'm uploading the one that I just did now. Uh, so I apologize that that's late going up. Uh, first of all, hope everybody's doing good. It's been a cruisy couple of days. I uh, figured I'd first talk about the the job that I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I have found a work-from-home job. Hopefully going to start that next week. So that's... I hear you, Zeke Weeky. That's my bird. Um, that's our bird. Um, so starting that next couple of weeks, so that'll be great. So not going to go into too much detail about it. But, um, I figure I'd come on and do the readings and the reflection for you guys tonight since, um, I won't be able to tomorrow since my husband, since Gary's off and we're going to spend the evening together. Um, <coughs> well, let's go ahead and jump right on in here. Today's readings, well, when it loads, the Thursday of the 32nd week in order new time. Here's your first reading. In Wisdom is a spirit, intelligent, holy, unique, manifold, subtle, agile, clear, unstained, certain, not baneful, loving the good, keen, unhampered, beneficent, kindly, firm, secure, tranquil, all-powerful, all-seeing, unpervading all spirits, though they be intelligent, pure, and very subtle, for wisdom is mobile beyond all motion, and she penetrates and pervades all things by reason of her purity. For she is an aurora of the might of God, and a pure effusion of the glory of the Almighty. Therefore, not that is sullied enters into her, for she is the refulgence of eternal light. I'm sorry if I messed that word up. The spotless mirror of the power of God, the image of his goodness. And she, who is, one, can do all things, and renews everything while herself penduring. And passing into holy souls from age to age, she produces friends of God and prophets. For there is not God loves, be it not one who dwells with wisdom. For she is fairer than the sun, and surpasses every constellation of the stars. Compared to light, she takes precedence, for that indeed night supplants. But wickedness prevails not over wisdom. Indeed, she reaches from end to end mightily and governs all things well. Responsorial Psalm tonight is, Your word is forever, O Lord. Your word, O Lord, endures forever. It is firm as the heavens. Your word is forever, O Lord. Through all generations, your truth endures. You have established the earth, and it stands firm. Your word is forever, O Lord. According to your ordinance, they still stand firm. All things serve you. 
Your word is forever, O Lord. The revelation of your word sheds light, giving understanding to the simple. Your word is forever, O Lord. Let your countenance shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Your word is forever, O Lord. Let my soul live to praise you, and may your ordinance help me. Your word is forever, O Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the vine, you are the branches, says the Lord. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Alleluia, alleluia. Gospel according to Luke. Read to you, O Lord. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said in reply, The coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. There will be these who look to say to you, Look, there he is, or look, who he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit. For just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. So, talking about the kingdom of God. That's something that we haven't talked about on here. So I'm excited that this is the reading today. We're going in a, a, a different direction, and I, I think that's awesome. You know, when we talk about the kingdom of God, what do you envision the kingdom to be like? You know, we, we, we see pictures of what heaven may look like and, 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 you know, all these things. But what do you think when you hear the term kingdom of God? Well, I mean, it could bring up a lot of things, I'm sure. It could bring up, you know, the idea of God seated in power and majesty and we see him as he really is which is heaven. That's what's called the beatific vision. And if you don't know what that is, what I, like I just said, the beatific vision is seeing God as he is. And we're not clouded by anything. We see him as clear as water. We see him as he is. But, you know, one way that I like to think of the kingdom of God is also making it on earth. You know, we talk a lot about that idea of, you know, making God known on the earth and making his, you know, making him known to all the nations. But do we really do that, though? Do we really make him known to all the nations? Do we tell all the nations that this is Christ and and that we proclaim him? Do we do that? Do we do that? Do we say, yes, I am proclaiming Christ crucified and resurrected, that all people may know and come to know and love and serve him? Do we do that? That is bringing the kingdom of God on earth. That is bringing the kingdom of God on earth, is proclaiming Christ and living out his precepts. And that can be really hard to do. I've talked about it before, about how the culture likes to sway our perceptions of life, of our values, uh, that kind of thing. It likes to sway us in one way or the other. It likes to sway us toward thinking that we can be 
self-sufficient or that we can be all these wonderful things. Problem is, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because we... Let me put it this way. When we try to live without God and we try to live without some kind of being controlling our movement, well, not controlling our movements, but directing our movements and directing the way that we should go, if we are left to our own devices, guys, we're going to destroy ourselves. We're going to destroy ourselves and we're going to make ourselves appear to be all-knowing more so than God. We're trying to make... Uh, make ourselves God is in a little g, not a capital G, a little a lowercase g. And guys, we can't do that. When I look at today's gospel reading, one thing strikes me is that we are in the kingdom of God now and that we don't see it. The Pharisees were asking Christ, when is the kingdom of God going to come and how will we know? And he's like, it's right among you and you don't see it right among you and you don't see it. The Pharisees were considered the religious leaders of the day. They were considered the it when it came to laws, when it came to all these things, all these religious things. They were considered it. And they're asking Christ, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And he says, it's among you and you don't see it. And then he says to his disciples, do not be fooled by people saying that the Son of Man is here or the Son of Man is there. Because it doesn't work that way. And I think that's a warning to all of us for the culture to not get in the way. Don't let the culture dictate how you live in regards to Christ. Do not let the culture dictate how you live in regards to Christ Jesus. Just don't do it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and do our reflection. Oh, I am going to start something a little different. Um, Before I forget, uh, I know we were doing Romans for... Um, you were going through Romans a uh, chapter at a time. Well, I think I'm going to pick that up again. And I'm actually going to... Uh, we're going to skip over Romans. I think we're going to go to James or whatever the next um, letter is. I have to look. But we're going to start that up again. And they're going to be about 30 minute to an hour segments where I just talk about the, the chapter or the verses that we want to uh, discuss over the readings. So I'm either going to start that tonight or Saturday night. I have not decided. Uh, just a little FYI um, before I forget. So get ready for that. But let's do our St. Festina reading. And today's reflection has to do indifference and forgetfulness. And I know we're all guilty of these two things. Okay. If you were married and you were regularly indifferent to your spouse, this would be a problem. Indifference means there's a lack of sincere care for the good of the other. Forgetfulness is a symptom of indifference in that when one cares little, it's easy to forget. For example, if you forgot an important anniversary in your marriage, this could be a sign of either a very poor memory or an uncaring and indifferent heart. 
If it is the latter, this brings much hurt to that relationship. One reason this brings much hurt is that the cause of the hurt is subtle. If one were to actively do something hurtful, it's easier to point it out. Indifference is a passive action in that something is missing. But this passive action can be just as hurtful, if not more hurtful, than a more obvious action. So it is with God. When we are passively indifferent to him and his mercy, and when we forget to turn him, t- turn him day and, and night, ow, my leg, we are bringing much pain to his sacred heart. Examine your conscience today and try to honestly identify any struggle you have with indifference. It may not be manifestly clear to you. You may not even realize this is a sin and that the cause of much hurt to others. But this form of neglect causes deep wounds over time. Try to make an honest exam. And if you realize that uh, if you realize that this is your sin, do not hesitate to do something about it. Renew your care for those whom God has put in your life, and especially renew your caring heart toward God and the mercy he wishes to bestow. If you are indifferent to the mercy of God, this wounds his heart and does even more damage to you over time. So I love the metaphor that she starts with at the beginning of this reflection, like it's a marriage. And I think that we forget that having God in our life is a relationship. It is a relationship in that we need to be active in it, not passive. And I really feel like, I really feel like we are, you know, I I feel like we don't understand that it's an active relationship on our part and God's. God is active all the time for us, but it seems like we constantly ignore him or we decide we don't need him. And to be indifferent to him when we have decided to let him into our lives, but then we decide to be like, eh, he's there, that's fine, whatever, I've done what I need to do. It's almost like a half-faith, a half-assed faith, if you will. He doesn't call us to that kind of half-faith. The relationship that he wants with us is a very intimate one and a very beautiful one. And we need to not be indifferent. When we are indifferent to him and to what he's done for us on the cross, it makes us out to be selfish people. And it also makes a mockery of God. It makes a mockery of Christ. We cannot be indifferent to Christ and the things that he's done for us. If we're going to be indifferent, we have a problem. And we need to take a big, good look at ourselves and say, am I indifferent? Am I indifferent to what he's done for me? And if I am, what do I do to get out of it? What do I do to get out of being indifferent for everything that he's done? Let's go ahead and do the evening prayer there. Lord, I desire to care to the greatest degree. Help me to be continually aware of others in my life and to anticipate their needs, lavishing love upon them. 
Help me to also be continually aware of your mercy and to never be indifferent to this most sacred gift. Jesus, I trust in you. Well, guys, I am actually going to get off of here and look up some stuff. Uh, I might be doing another post later tonight. I haven't decided yet. But, um, you know, the, the idea, again, uh, about being indifferent. About being indifferent to God. It's a sad one that, you know, there are so many people that are like that. It is very sad. And it's, um, I'm just, uh, before I forget, I am uploading The Love of God now. I'm going to publish that in two seconds. Give me one second. Um, all right, I just posted the Love of God episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need to not be indifferent. We can't be indifferent to the love that God has for us. It's not fair. It's not right. You know, he is worthy of all our praise and of all our love. And for us to kind of callously, you know, invite him into our life and then turn our back on him. Makes them, it makes the cross, cross look like a mockery. It really does. And we can't be making a mockery of him. Can't do it. So as always, guys, thank you for listening tonight. And I hope you guys have a wonderful night. And I'll see you guys on Saturday. Bye-bye.